Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor at Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues on in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with this message entitled, Our Hope of Glory. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, help us to reason, use our mind in the light of your gospel as we look upon our sufferings and troubles and problems and persecution and slander and misery and poverty. Help us to deal with it in the light of your great and glorious plan for our eternal glory. Open our eyes as we hear your word preached. That our eyes of our understanding may be enlightened to know the hope of our calling. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you are experiencing troubles? Financial, physical, family troubles, sickness, work troubles, marriage troubles, all kinds of troubles. I want to speak to you about our hope of glory. From one verse today, the 18th of Romans 8. For I reason. First word for. For I reason. That our present sufferings. Are not worth comparing with the glory. That will be revealed in us. No comparison. With the incomparable glory that will be revealed in us. That is our present sufferings cannot be in any way compared to our great and grand future. God has planned for us from all eternity. God's children, believers in Jesus Christ, sufferings, plural, sir, mark the way to glory. Sufferings prove that we are children of God. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed. We suffer with him in order that we may be glorified together for I reason. Children of God are people of hope, hope of glory. If you are an unbeliever, unbelievers are those who refuse to bow down. To King Jesus. Who treats Jesus Christ as a net. Your mother, your father, your son. 
your neighbor treats Jesus Christ the Lord of glory as a gnat that's why he refuses to repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone unbelievers those who would not bow down to King Jesus have no hope They are without hope because they are without the true and living God. This life of suffering is the best life for them. They may believe in godless evolutionary hypothesis and in inevitable progress. But the truth is they are pessimists. They are hopeless. So what do they do? They go to partying. They eat and drink and become merry for they are about to die. They cannot deal with death. Paul says, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men. Who have no hope. The rich man of Luke 16. Always. Dressed in purple. And lived in luxury every day. And Jesus said at death. He went into hell. He was in torment. In agony. And in fire. The truth is, friends, this is a fallen world of misery. And all people suffer here because of sin. But the children of God wait eagerly to enter into glory, promised them by Christ who died and rose again. Unbelievers also suffer here. And they are waiting. And they are waiting for greater sufferings of hell prepared for them. Your mother doesn't know that. And your father doesn't know that. Your uncle doesn't know that. It is not stylish to bow down to Jesus Christ. And if you are here not bowing down to Jesus Christ, this is your prospect. Go and eat and drink and be merry. You are a hopeless person, miserable person, wretched person. Unbelievers are objects of wrath prepared for destruction. We are objects of mercy prepared in advance for glory. Friend, if you have not believed in the only Savior, Jesus Christ, I counsel you and commend you to do so today. God commands all people everywhere to repent. He doesn't beg you. You beg him to show you mercy. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and join us in the way of the cross, which is also the way to glory. 
So I want to speak to you about disproportionate sufferings and incomparable glory. That's what this verse is teaching. Romans 8 and verse 18. Present sufferings cannot be compared to future glory. Only Christianity deals with the reality of the present sufferings and future glory. Christianity deals with creation, fall, and redemption. Christians interpret history correctly. For we have the mind of Christ. We have a renewed mind. And we have God's truth. And all man says is not truth. What God says is true. All truth and nothing but the truth. And your mother doesn't want to read the Bible. And your father doesn't want to read the Bible. And Paul says, for I reason. That means I exercise my Christian mind. I think. Logizomai. I keep on thinking. I'm a thinking person. I have applied my mind to study the gospel. And by reasoning I have arrived at this firm conviction. Firm conclusion. Remember he describes Roman Christians. In Romans 15 and verse 14. Let's take a look at it. I myself am convinced my brothers. That you yourselves are full of goodness. Complete in knowledge. And competent. To instruct one another. Roman Christians were thinking Christians. Not weeping and mourning and feeling. May God help you to think. And reason. And enjoy the comfort of scriptures. And this word is used. By the author of. Hebrews 11 verse 19. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. He reasoned in the light of what God spoke to him. And he said. His reasoning helped him to come to this conclusion. God must raise Isaac from the dead. That's sound thinking, sir. If you don't think biblically, you are going to be a burden. Thinking Christians. And they will not be a burden. You read the book of Numbers. They are complaining. They said, we have no grain, no grapes, no figs, no pomegranates. No water. 
That's the nature of unthinking people. But they had God with them who is able to provide you with water. Friends, study the word of God. Think! So my question this morning is, are you a thinking Christian? Because the hope of glory belongs to thinking Christians. And we read in this verse, the sufferings belong to the present age. There are two ages, the present evil age and the glorious coming age. And that age belongs to the children of the resurrection. Luke 20, 34 through 36, Jesus replied, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age. And in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die for they are like the angels. They are God's children since they are children of the resurrection. This present evil age. The coming glorious age of the children of the resurrection. Sufferings for all people will continue till the end of history. That is the end of time. And for you and me, sufferings will last till our death. The sufferings include sufferings for Christ. But we also suffer all sorts of sufferings of this fallen world. You mothers, how come you give painful delivery? It is a direct result of sin that entered into the world. Painful delivery of children we can only eat by hard work, by the sweat of our brow. There is sickness, weakness, poverty, disappointments, betrayal, war, plagues, famine, death. That is the nature of this present evil age. Because of the intrusion of sin. The one sin of one man, Adam, caused death. To come upon all his descendants. Friends, do you know sin is so horrible? And as I say that, you are reflecting in your mind and you are agreeing with me. You are saying, I should have listened. I should not have done it. But you did it. We must pay for our sin. Sin never pays. Our sin will find us out. How come you are poor? Because you sin. You didn't study. You didn't work hard. Sin brought sufferings into this world. And Christians are not exempt from it. So what did 
St. Paul concludes, the sufferings of this present age cannot be compared to the glory that is about to be displayed in us. There is no comparison. Soon God is going to put his suffering saints on display. Soon they will share in the glory of God's Son, Jesus Christ. We were in Adam and we shared in his sin and death. Now we are in Christ and we share in his life and in his glory. Friends, not all professing Christians will be glorified. Only the true believers... Only God's elect shall share in the coming glory. And the Lord knows those who are his. 2 Timothy 2.19 False professors will be told to depart from me. I never knew you. There is going to be a final separation of sheep from the goats. We are destined to glory in the coming age. The unbelievers are destined to everlasting shame. In Adam all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Christ we share in his glory. And soon we shall be glorified together with him. But in the meantime, we suffer. But these sufferings are nothing when weighed in a balance. Our sufferings are revealed to be very light. Our future glory very heavy. The scale pan of suffering will go straight up. And that of glory will come straight down. Suffering, sir. St. Paul was realistic about it. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received the, from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was torn three times, I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Present sufferings. Who shall separate us? 
from the love of Christ shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword. As it is written for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sufferings, yes, but it is nothing. Compared with the great glory that is coming to us. Second Corinthians 4.16-18 through 18, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Take a good look at your body sir. The pain in the back and pain in the front and pain in the head and pain in the neck. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And for our light and momentary troubles are achieving, producing for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix, we focus our eyes not on what is seen, not on our sufferings, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. Our troubles and sufferings, when we use our reasoning, are seen as light, temporary. Protective of glory. And you look at glory and you reason. It is most heavy, solid, solidity. Eternal. Unimaginable. Beyond human comprehension. So Paul says not only so but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces hope. And this hope does not disappoint us. This glory is guaranteed by the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Romans 8 verse 11 and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. It's not positive thinking. Spirit of God dwells in us and points us toward our home heaven glory. And hope does not disappoint us. In this world, hope disappoints us. You elect a president, he says he'll take care of you. You elect a governor, he says he'll take care of you. And your wife promised, your husband promised, your children promised. Don't count on it. Because all the promises of this world can disappoint us. 
But this hope does not disappoint because it is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Where there is Holy Spirit, there is hope. There is love. There is peace. There is power. There is confidence. There is faith. There is joy. Romans 15 verse 13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost releases into us hope of the glory of God. Soon the despised Christians will be honored by God as he puts us on display in glory in their glorious resurrection bodies we are waiting for our manifestation for our revelation as the glorious ones Colossians 3 verse 4 when Christ who is your life appears then you will also appear with him in Glory. Now take a look at yourself. And then say what? No. I have glory waiting for me. Look at Matthew 13 verse 43. Then the righteous will shine like the sun. In the kingdom of their father. The righteous will shine like the sun. So friends, sufferings are meaningful. It produces glory. He says all things work together for good. All things, especially sufferings. Not necessarily prosperity and better health and power and money. Especially sufferings. We will be manifested in glory when Christ comes. And Paul saw this glory in Christ. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. Glory is waiting for us. It is the glory of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I was caught up to paradise. Such a person heard inexpressible things Things that man is not permitted to tell. He saw the glory of Christ and he was caught into paradise and he saw things that he doesn't tell us about. Beyond comparison, inexpressible joy, sir. And it will happen, sir, when Christ comes. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our body of humiliation. 
that they will be like his glorious body. Second Thessalonians 1, God is just, he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. It's going to happen when Christ comes. But each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Friends, the ultimate end of our salvation in Christ is not suffering, but glory. We shall be made perfect and glorious in body, soul, and spirit. In fact, in Christ we shall be made more glorious than Adam ever was before the fall. So friends, if you are not suffering, your suffering is coming. But when it comes, don't be surprised. Your Bible understanding and your reasoning in the scriptures should alert you. Don't be surprised. Expect sufferings because it is protective of glory. When it comes, don't doubt God's love for you, but know that He does love me through sufferings. Don't doubt God's power, don't be shaken. Don't be bitter and hold a grudge against God. Understand this, God is preparing us for glory by removing all impurities from us by these fiery tribulations. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Let's have a new understanding of present sufferings and its meaning and its purpose. For unbelievers... I have something to tell you. Unbelievers, they will be displayed too in great shame. Those who believed in a godless, closed system philosophy will suddenly see the Lord of the universe whom they shut out from their thinking. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are Cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Then they will go away into eternal punishment. Eternal shame. Eternal fire. You think that's a joke? That's exaggeration? The unbelievers have a hellish prospect. And we have a heavenly prospect. 
it. We enjoy the hope of glory. Abraham looked forward to a city with foundation whose builder and maker was God. So was Moses. All God's people lived in this present age in this hope of glory. So also was Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This hope of glory enables you to suffer the present sufferings as Jesus himself did enduring suffering in hope of the glory set before him the joy of glory let me read to you what Dr. Martin Lord Jones says about this hope is the measure of true Christianity which is True and through otherworldly. Pseudo-Christianity always looks chiefly at this world. Popular Christianity is entirely this worldly and is not interested in the other world. But true Christianity has its eye mainly on the world which is to come. It is not primarily concerned even with deliverance from hell and punishment and all the things that trouble us and weary us that really belongs to the past. True Christianity sets its affection on things which are above, not on things which are on the earth. It is that which says we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. Friends, we are the people of hope. Not of depression. Not of fear. Not of anxiety. Not of misery. Not of murmuring. Not of complaining. Study the Holy Scriptures. Reason from the gospel. Sufferings are real, but glory is also real. Sufferings will soon end. It is temporary, but glory is eternal. It is life eternal. It is fellowship eternal. Fellowship with God and God's people in a new heaven and a new earth. The pain, persecution, that slander and deprivation, that sickness and loneliness all have a purpose. First, these help us to pray, isn't it? They produce glory. They cause us not to be worldly and trust in this fallen world. They prepare us to yearn and long for our true home. Where Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And he's coming again. To take us to be with him. He's coming again to clothe us with glory. With his glory in which we share because we are his bride. He's coming again. So that we may be with him to see his glory. 
So he prayed, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. He's coming again, friends, to give us a crown of righteousness. For I am ready being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What are you longing for? He is coming again to give us a crown of glory. And Peter says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. He is coming again to give us a crown of life. Jesus said so. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Revelation 2.10 I tell you the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. Friends he wore a crown of thorns. He became a curse that we may wear a crown of glory, that we may be blessed. Listen to this, Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, to take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world he's coming again to give us a kingdom and authority and rule and power and dignity Luke 12 verse 32 do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom don't worry about sufferings look by faith the coming glory This glory comes to us from without. We sinned and lost all glory. Jesus Christ, the obedient servant, dealt with all our sins on the cross to give us his glory. To this end, God foreknew us. God predestinated us in eternity. To this end, he called us effectually and he justified us in time. That we all may be glorified when Jesus Christ comes again. He's coming again for the revelation, manifestation, for the display of the sons of God. And this glory is coming toward us. This glory will never miss us. This glory shall be in us. The Holy Spirit is already in us. He points us daily toward this heavenly prospect. In the scriptures. In the sacrament. In worship. In fellowship. 
And so Ephesians 3.10 says his intent, Father's intent was that now through the church, that is through the church in all her glory, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. The wisdom of God. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. God's eternal intention was to bring us to glory. So while we suffer and groan and mourn, may our mind dwell on our heavenly prospect of glory. Then you will say also what St. Paul said. I reason that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. No comparison. Don't exaggerate when we suffer. We are God's new creation. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. And new people of God, clothed in glory, shall live in a new heaven and new earth with God. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Notice, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself be with them, and be their God. He will wipe Every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old age, the old order of things has passed away. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. And his servants will serve them. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Heavenly Father, save your people. Heavenly Father, cause your people to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this message entitled, Our Hope of Glory. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.